basically, I was like, something's not right. And it's the prioritization of an issue that you were previously able to just cope with that was what began real healing for me. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is founder of Palladium Mind and is a transformation and healing expert who has helped hundreds of clients across the globe to overcome anxiousness and thrive in business, health, and life. By combining the power of imagery with their innate capabilities, she empowers men and women to regain a positive sense of control, transcend struggles, and enjoy everything more. Her signature method is the natural result of certifications in clinical hypnotherapy, neurolinguistics, and mind-body connection intersecting with 15 years of leadership experience in three commercial industries and the US military. She's obsessed with co-creating massive, lasting and positive changes with others using practical actions and fun, natural techniques. I have with me today, Mandy Barbie. Mandy, welcome to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Mandy, I wanted to get you on the show today because you're an experienced practitioner in the field of transformation and healing. So I wanted to dig deeper into how our stressless entrepreneurs can use some of your recommendations or recommended techniques to tackle anxiety and stress. But before we do that, are you able to give us a little bit of history about what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's cool that on a show that's like focused on, for starters, I just want to acknowledge like what a really fascinating show that you've put together. I've already enjoyed as I've been able to interact with it. I feel pretty honored that I get to be a stress expert on your show. I feel like a coach of mine once said that I basically got a doctorate in pain. And that is a great way of sharing a little bit about my lens on the idea of stress and stress management. So firstly, I have deep understanding of this topic. I've definitely been to the depths of like what I would now recognize looking back as chronic anxiety and really a chronic low-grade depression over many years to the point of... And I don't say this darkly, but I also don't say it lightly. There was a suicidal experience in my life where I was like battling with like, do I even want to be here anymore? And I bring this up and this part of my story is so critical, I think, in creating healing in the world because of the way that I was managing that experience of pain for so long. And what I see in the world is there's a lot of people who are merely managing and may not be aware of certain transformation techniques where we really can release the root of what's going on. That's my specialty. I'm really proud to be able to bring that to others as well. Yeah. You mentioned some suicidal thoughts there, not going too deep into that whole experience, but how did you end up getting out of that thought process or just overcoming those thoughts? Yeah, I definitely can share my experience because there's so much that goes on with chemistry in the body that can make a different person's experience that may look at the surface similar, a very different path of healing. And so I just want to acknowledge that right up front. But when we talk about hitting rock bottom, 
sometimes rock bottom can come packaged really strangely. <laughs> and for me, rock bottom was when I got a job that was so amazing, I couldn't have even imagined it. But somehow it was like falling into my lap after a period of struggle with career and finding myself. I like got this job with a team that I almost couldn't believe I had like attained. And on that day when I walked out, I was just about to be welcomed onto the team, having this crushing feeling because in my personal life, I wasn't having fulfillment in a relationship, which is really important to me. It's a very strong value. The juxtaposition of these two experiences made it very profound and obvious to me that I needed to get help and prioritize this as an issue. Whereas before it was a little bit more easy to blame my thoughts or this malaise on what wasn't going right in my life. And then when I got like everything I wanted, I was like still having this experience. I feel like I'm kind of talking in a circle right now, but basically I was like, something's not right. And it's the prioritization of an issue that you were previously able to just cope with that was what began real healing for me. You mentioned a couple of things there. Um, first was achievement. I guess you were at a stage in your life where you had achieved your career and you were happy in, in that stage, but then the fulfillment wasn't there and you were saying your personal life was causing some issues. Is there some form of correlation between achievement and fulfillment? And you know, how does someone become... I guess, self-aware that I'm so successful, but I'm not fulfilled. Oh my gosh. We are talking about something that is so dear to my heart. You are like yeah. a mind reader. I freaking <laughs> love it. So I make an equation, success equals fulfillment. And most people think in the culture that we, that Westerners, I can speak for, and anybody who's like in a developed country, I would say, the experience which we're all running for something we think that when we get that it's going to shift an internal experience and i'm not talking about manifesting or not manifesting what i'm talking about is a misdiagnosis of what it was that was making us happy or that would ever have the ability to make us happy in the first place and so we attach the idea of happiness to attaining something and just this last summer, and again this November, I created a summit around this exact topic. Like you almost took the words off of my sales copy. It's like amazing, Tommy, what you just did. Because you're really speaking to my heart right now. I feel like my niche and how I really show up for other people is when they realize because of their experiences, wait a second, I just got everything I wanted but I'm still not happy. And when you make that shift in your own mind, you can see it playing out. You break yourself of the belief that you're going to get it when, and mm. then you can start to look at the pattern that's underlying your experience and the common denominator, which is you and just heal from the inside out. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was listening to Tony Robbins a while back and he was mentioning the story of Robin Williams and a quote mm. stuck by me. And he was saying that Success without fulfillment is the biggest failure in life because, you know, you have a lot of people who end up, we think is successful because of the monetary value, their fame, you know, what they've achieved on paper, but why did that, that person in particular take their life? So it's one of those things that you kind of ask yourself and it hits hard, you know, even though you don't actually know that person because you start to question yourself and, and what it is that you're doing and is there fulfillment there? And I guess that's a question that you always have to ask yourself because internally your thoughts change, your your body's always evolving and 
the world doesn't evolve with you. And that's something that you're going to have to be aware of. There's something else that's, I think, a small nuance of this topic is oftentimes, too, people can be happy with less. And that's, I think, characteristic, actually, of like a lot of people. It's not that everybody's chasing fame or success or wealth or riches, you know. A lot of times we speaking again personally, and I think this is why I really resonate with people around this specific problem set, is because when you know you'd be happy without, like your values don't require that you're constantly attaining things. But you can't be happy even when certain things are going on. You can feel even more failure. It can almost reinforce, well, then I'll never be happy. Mm. And there's just a gap in knowing. I think there's just a gap in almost like education or awareness about what resources are available that can help people fundamentally shift the problem in its core place where it resides, which is in your subconscious. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people, you know, if you're stressing out and, you know, you're chasing this, the corporate ladder and, and whatnot, just travel, just, just travel to places yes. that you've never traveled before, meet new people and just backpack. Cause th that's when you start to understand Oh, wait a second, you know, I'm meeting so many new people, they're not making much money, but they're the happiest people in the world backpacking. So yeah. it's one of those things that opens people's eyes, if not already. Perspective. Yeah, mm. I love that. And you're ex-military, is that right? I am. How was that experience for you, I guess, overall? And how did that shape you to come, kind of be the person you are today? Well, I have a lot of respect for people that serve. I think it also, the military attracts a certain demographic of people and a certain demographic of desire and also values. There's also a personal experience that I had relative to the military. You know, so there's like my personal experience around what was happening at that time in my life. And then there's the greater experience of just being a part of the military, which was really really phenomenal and honestly a highlight of my life up until now as far as like uh, we were talking about rock bottom i think i was still like digging down <laughs> i was on my way to rock bottom when i was going through my time in the military so i was actually part of the military for i was, I was active duty air force through college at the air force academy and then also for more than five years after school actually serving on the force so yeah, I, I kind of like tongue in cheek say that those years, I was just like on my way to rock bottom. So it was it was a difficult time in my life for sure. I work in a role that I had some contact with military in a supportive role and having the respect there is, is tough for them because the expectation that's placed upon them to be a certain image, it can be quite difficult. So I can understand that. I think that's something really positive that I can reflect back on it is part of the initial interaction that I had with the military. I remember being like 16 years old and I decided that something affiliated with the military, some type of an institution was for me for college back when I was like 12 or 11 years old. And when I started to put those dreams into motion, I had to go to a base and explore different uniforms and I had to sign up at a counter and get a physical and every time that I interacted with a person in uniform, I just felt like there was such a, a clarity of what we were doing together. There was clear direction and structure. I felt intuitively that we were sharing common values and my experience was that people were focused on achieving a shared objective and I just that definitely was 
characteristic of the rest of my experience too. It was a really, a really beautiful aspect of being part of such a huge hive type of organization. And talking about clarity, bringing that back into the concept of aligned stress. So creating a life Mm -hmm. of your dreams while growing your health and happiness. How does one find that clarity? There's something interesting about the way that we ask that question too, because I love that question. It's that the presence of struggle in that situation. I'd say step one is notice how you can let go of struggle in a situation. Now, I'm not talking about solving the whole problem by just checking out. Letting go is not easy. It can be a skill as well. But for starters, I think it would be useful for that person to examine how am I actively participating in struggle right now? Because usually there's a belief system that is setting up that struggle. I'll give an example. I was in a lot of struggle uh, from the early part of this year, the late part of last year up through the spring around with myself because I was perceiving that I wasn't meeting my own expectations around sharing content on social media, particularly Instagram. And this was a painful experience for me because I actually really genuinely have always loved the creation process of the grid. And I mean, I'm talking curation, not like deception, not like trying to be something that's not, but actually create art on the internet through pictures on a grid. You know, I think that that's kind of cool. And if you look back at my old Instagram, there's like tons of uh, so much thought and like juice and love poured into every little post. And I think that that's great. That was before I had my own company and my own business. And so then you try to take something that had its own purpose and transform it into something for business quotes, like a different purpose. I wasn't really able to execute the same way. And I tell you, there's a lot of voices in the world telling us that that's because we're afraid and that's because we're deficient or we didn't wake up at 5 a.m. or yada, 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 yada. And it's like all those kind of ring true because maybe a little bit of those statements were true for me too. Like maybe I wasn't meeting my own expectations about waking up at 5 a.m. and having a cold shower. Maybe I wasn't like totally, totally confident every moment of the day about any thought that crossed my mind such that I felt a little bit uncertain about what to post. Maybe sometimes I was overwhelmed. Maybe I let myself overwork. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, they're all true. But what's the real reason I wasn't posting on social media? It's because maybe because that's not the best way to move the needle in my business, which is the real truth. And... I don't want to post for that reason. I want to post out of a place of love. So all of that noise is just like so distracting from what is Mandy Barbie's truth about this. And the judgments that we make about ourselves are kind of useless sometimes. When in reality, now I'm just posting if and when I want to, because that's what works for me. And I'm not assuming anybody else's criticisms as my own criticism of myself about my social media yeah i think when we talk about best practice when it comes to social media that necessarily isn't best practice for you because every person has a way of thinking and when when thoughts come up you don't necessarily need to or should be scheduling it in for a future post you know it's those it's something that you want to share to the world you know and you can share it right there and then and if it means today, if it means, you know, in a month's time, then that's when you post it. And I think having that organic type of thought or flow when it comes to your, your ability to share in social media 
you will get your message across a lot more effectively than just being a robot and just kind of doing that one, two, three. And, you know, and I think right. when you, when, when you're talking about Instagram and you're trying to create a grid, you might have something to pop up in your thought that you want to share, but you're like, oh, but it doesn't fit the theme of the grid. So therefore I might have to wait a bit more and then, and then that thought gets passed away and, and you lose that, yes. I guess, ability to share. Yeah. And to bring it back to clarity, cause I kind of went way out there. The rest of that process for me was really grappling with, because I've done a lot of personal healing. I've like, I'm a student of my own craft. I have a lot of people around me that can help heal trauma, et cetera, and release some of these patterns that I'm not doubting myself. But I really think clarity comes down to self-trust and the sound bite is self-trust is a choice. We expect it to be an easy choice. We expect it to feel natural. And yes, one day it will. That's available to us if we do the work. But part of the work is stepping across that breezy, airy, groundless place to the other side of safety without assurance underneath that we're going to get it right or that whatever, we're gonna get the validation that we seek or whatever, we provide our own validation in that moment. And so I do think that clarity is really a practice. And yet when we're too stuck to act or take action, huge empathy for that, because a lot of times there's deeper reasons why, and we need to do the work to heal those places so that we can act more in alignment with our desires. And that's, I think, what's creates, what creates that clarity for us over time. Yeah, yeah. And I think a, a quote that just popped up into my mind was, Nike's just do it. And I think that quote has a double-edged sword because, yes. you know, when someone's doing their best in being the person or, or trying to succeed, just telling them to just do it or to do better or try harder doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad that you heard that in what I said because that is so critical in the values of I feel like we really do harm to ourselves and to others. Everybody's got the little like the easy quote about, you know, what success looks like or how to get it or just do this or the quote of encouragement. It's like encouragement is good, but if we don't honor the reason that the struggle is real in the first place, we really minimize it and do some harm. I really appreciate that you brought that up. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, why don't you just wake up at 5am? Why don't you just have the cold showers? And I guarantee you any serial entrepreneur who's, who's tried to become successful has done at least one of those things and it may or may not stick, but I think it comes down to going back to clarity or motivation, right? So using me as an example, Waking up at 5 a.m. was never a thought a couple of years ago or even growing up. So, but I've tried it so many times. I've tried it so many times. And the one time that it stuck and I'm still waking up at 5 a.m. today was just my drive to do something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Superseded that I wake up at 4.30 just naturally just because I want to wake up and do work. But yeah, because I didn't have the clarity before, every single moment waking up at 5 a.m. was tough. It was, yes. you know, I was dreading waking up at that Yes. Time. Oh my God, I love this. And there's this other dimension of what you just shared personally is if you don't have the clarity, then you're not connected with that desire. So it makes the task of waking up kind of arbitrary in a way. Alternatively, some of my own experience was that I was actually in so much pain. I needed help. 
what I really needed to do was be present to my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being back when. And then when I really tended to what was screaming at me, the purpose was already there, but I had a big thorn in my side. Remove the thorn and now I'm like springing out of bed. And what I think we're both highlighting is that isn't an instantaneous process of let's just do this one thing and fix it. It's about self-discovery and self-listening. And let's move on to stress and stress management. You are certified in clinical hypnotherapy, neurolinguistics, and also mind-body connection. So let's, let's talk about anxiety or trauma. How can someone use hypnotherapy to kind of help with trauma and stress? Love that question. So I like to step way back for folks what I see in the world, just to start out and lay the, lay, the, lay the backdrop, there are a lot of different modalities. It's almost like a land grab. Everybody's like, my way, my way, my way. And, you know, there are certainly modalities or tools. But everything that creates healing is using the same mechanism. And the mechanism that's creating a person's problem automatically is the same mechanism we need to use to heal the problem. Because what we actually do a lot of times in the world is folks are using a conscious process to attempt to resolve a feeling problem. And when I say feeling or emotional, what I really mean is subconscious because subconscious information is speaking to us through imagery. If we have a terror in the middle of the night or a nightmare, our subconscious is giving us information. It's presenting that in imagery. This is a natural process for us. Anxiety is feedback from our subconscious through the body. It's an actual body experience. And then hormones respond to what is needed based on our perception channels. So anybody healing anything has got to be doing it in the body. When we're talking about healing, learning, instruction, strategy, those are, those are fine to use our conscious, logical, analytical thought processes for. But if we're trying to talk our way or analyze our way out of an automatic problem, it ain't going to work. Ask anybody who's like got a phobia of like driving because they had a really terrible car wreck. There's actually a statistic too where it's like 75% more people have wrecks within a year after having a wreck. In a, in a first year and car insurance companies know this stat and it's not superstition it's real because there's an expectation in the body that that could happen again which has a, a little cascade effect of a lot of different influences on a driver fear around something can ultimately put us in situations where we're kind of like inviting that unconsciously and so that applies to everything it's how our body keeps us safe as we're on the lookout for something we're actually filtering out all the other possibilities so when it comes to unconscious problems, we have to use unconscious systems to solve them. And what I like to simplify this for people is you can do a simple check. Is my problem a conscious problem or a subconscious problem? So which system should I use? If it's happening automatically or you're not choosing it on purpose, like if you're taking a pen and stabbing yourself and you know, we're on, we're on Zoom so we can see it like, yep. ow, <laughs> ow, ow, like that's a conscious problem. Like stop to make a different decision, put the pen down. But if it's like every time so-and-so says that word to me, I'm like, gosh, that's so annoying. Oh, that, that really gets my goat. It's happening automatically. It's a reaction or a reflex. 
the problem lives in the subconscious. So it's really helpful to use the language of the subconscious to help. Hypnotherapy is just another way of applying imagery strategically to help people have conversations with their own subconscious. And that's basically what I do. I'm like a translator or a facilitator of folks to have conversations with their own subconscious to heal the problem at the root. Yeah. And when you're talking about conversations with your subconscious, I know that's one of the key themes around stress management is becoming self-aware of mm. when we're reacting a certain way or if we're being mean to someone, it's after the case that we kind of react to try to resolve it. Is hypnotherapy, I guess, kind of being proactive in saying, well, before you get to that point, let's see if we can do something. Yes, it is. And we're always in a part of a process. We're always coming out of one process and going into another. I think like every moment is another opportunity to begin something new or to end a cycle. And that just came to me because of what you said. I was really inspired by what you just shared. So what I do is I help people utilize imagery in a structured way in order to have the conversation that needs to be had to put a pattern to bed forever. So when you can see that a pattern's happened over and over and over again, now it's not just this thing that happened to you, but you're a part of a participation in a pattern of something that continues to be perpetuated by you with you. Then in a way, yes, it's so proactive because you can say, I'm going to stop this from here on out by closing the loop. But we also have to use that self-awareness to like reflect within and say, hmm, because a lot of times things are happening, it just feels like they're kind of happening to us. And I think that moment where we realize, wow, how am I creating this? And then you start to think and you can see, well, I know I'm creating it this way, this way, this way. That's a great opportunity to call someone in like myself. Alternatively, you can also just realize that if it's a body reaction, you're not speaking that language. So that's the problem with anxiety that I see is that most of the time we perceive that we don't know. And that's super frustrating and it's like a lock on the problem. So it just keeps itself going because we don't know. So we keep looking for the answer. This is so common for people and it's, it can be debilitating. Here's the key. Part of you does know the part that's causing the anxiety. It's speaking to you in the language of the unconscious. Mm. Go within, have that conversation in the language of the problem. You can speak to anxiety. And I help people do that really swiftly. There's more passive techniques with imagery and there's more active techniques. And the one-on-one -on -one work can heal stuff like that very quickly. Yeah, and your body kind of makes excuses for when those triggers happen. So, for example, the trigger might be cold sweats or you might be palm sweaty. So an excuse, your body will just be like, well, it's getting quite hot in here, isn't it? And you're not really, you're removing yourself from the actual cause of the, the cold sweats? Yes. Yeah, exactly. What you're saying is another reason why if we can't discern, if we feel that we don't know the cause of the anxiety, we're unable to remove ourselves from it. And that's where the awareness, what I do is, this is so close to the heart of my work too. And the potential that I want other people to see and what power they have to release is bringing your own subconscious and your conscious minds closer together through doing imagery work on purpose around trauma can release that experience of emotion from the body. It's called embodiment work or emotional processing so that the fire alarm gets reset and that part doesn't keep pulling the same fire alarm over and over and over again. But we're like, hey, we're good here in this context. There's no need to, to react that way because that was based on something a long time ago. Yeah. And when you're talking about trauma release work, is there a a technique or a way 
that you can recommend for some of the entrepreneurs who just need that assistance to kind of release some of the tension or to empower them to reduce that trauma in that given moment, you know, before they're getting into an interview or before they're doing something that, that causes that trigger? One of the things which reminds me of a theme we were talking about earlier is it's so important. We perpetuate trauma to ourselves when we relive things without the ability to release it or actually emotionally process it. So when we force ourselves to do things, knowing that it's really, really creating a, an energized experience in the body without bringing in some form of resource that could take a lot of different forms that could take a lot of different looks, perhaps, because there's certainly many ways to approach trauma. But unless you're tending that you're actually making it worse every time. So it's kind of like this rubber band effect. You're just pulling the string back, pulling the string back, pulling the string back. Like how long do you want to manage it before you heal it? Because eventually you keep stressing the body like that. You start to get into these really extreme experiences of consciousness, like wanting to opt out of the human experience. So just be tender with yourself and know that you're adding weight to the situation when you continue to force through things. Um, and don't underestimate that the, the experience you're having in that moment of about to get on the stage has a reason way back when. Maybe it was a week ago, maybe it was five years ago, maybe it was a lifetime ago. And that person knows. So it's a very real and important pain that's creating this fear response today. So bringing in some self-compassion, I think, would be the number one thing. And then really think about how, what is my strategy going to be for healing this trauma? Because I know it's not just an irrational fear. It's actually based in trauma. Yeah. The reason why I asked that question is because, let's say, for example, just your general body weight. A person who's healthy and active suddenly loses a job that triggers them to eat more and care less of their body. Initially, it isn't too much of a problem, but I guess compounded. It gets to a point where you start to become overweight. It causes other issues with, you know, your self, self-belief and self-esteem. And then over time, it gets to a point where it's depression. So how do we, as entrepreneurs, stop ourselves from getting to that point before we get to that point? That's what I'm mm -hmm. trying to say. Yeah, I think I get a little excited when you ask me that question. <laughs> but um, let's look at what's really going on in that system. I would say that the same thing that's causing the, and now it's for the individual, this hypothetical individual to decide, right? Because I, I'm not the person who gets to say what's true for them. But the, a useful question might be, is it the same pain that caused me to eat that's now just been kind of like snowballed into a greater feeling of lack or not enoughness based on some physical metric like body weight? You know, and so I think the most caring and compassionate and powerful thing we can possibly do is to consider what is the root cause of a problem in every problem that we experience. Because if we're not actually addressing the core reason for whatever problem it is, it will always just get worse. And then we get to ask ourselves the question of how much pain are we going to tolerate before it becomes important or be before we make this a priority. And this conversation that we're having now is actually something that I personally feel pretty passionate about, that moving in all systems in alignment with each other 
is one of the greatest sources of health. And does it make sense when I say that, what I mean? Like not trying to get one form of achievement or desire ahead of all the other pieces that can't go at that pace yet. It's an unkind way to treat ourselves. Yeah, you mentioned pain tolerance there as well. Are you able to kind of expand on that a little bit further? So when it comes to trauma, you're saying if you can kind of take on that pain and handle it up to a certain point, then you're okay? Is that what you're saying? The topic is so important, but I think maybe I might be saying something almost opposite of that. Mm. The hypothetical person that we were talking about is like, let's say, getting on a stage or has to do a work presentation. It's one thing if we feel nervous because we haven't prepared. It's like a natural experience, right? Like nerves are important. So let's say that I, you know, didn't do my homework about coming on this show and meeting and, and chatting, or I was totally disheveled. And <laughs> if I felt nervous, that'd be a good thing because I had not met my own expectations and my expectations of myself are reasonable. But if every time that I meet a new person, I feel kind of gripped with this nervous feeling that I'm going to be found out as not being in alignment with like who I project myself to be. And this has been going on for decades. You may have to meet a new person today for work, but how many more meetings will you endure before making this core need, this core desire for security and to experience our own intrinsic worth? and beauty as a person, like how long are you gonna put that desire or that need on the back burner? Because every time that you back burner it, instead of, okay, I had another nervous day, maybe it's time to do something about this. Every time we put it on the back burner, we're really creating harm in ourselves and there's a payback on that later. So I'm kind of making a case to pull in and reshuffle your priorities according to if happiness is what's important to you, then when you're not physically comfort in front of others, I can relate to this. I have I have related to this in my past. It's important to prioritize the intangibles. Yeah, and I think it just comes down to just being yourself, right? Be yourself, and if yeah. the environment does not allow you to be yourself, then you're gonna to need to figure out a way to change that environment because you are the person that needs to blossom in the environment. Mm. And if they're not allowing you to do that, then yes, 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 everything you just said, and a lot of people have deeply rooted fears that are preventing them from one knowing or having the clarity about who is this I who am I what does that really mean so like the clarity and the self-trust and the self-discovery is one aspect of it and the other thing is a misperception based on our experience in life that who I am will not be accepted and viscerally this is so important just to honor and recognize because then there's this third element of yes do it anyway if you can but if it feels too difficult or painful and you know that you're just white knuckling it and gripping and scared shitless every time that you try to be yourself because the body doesn't believe that you're going to be accepted then get some love around that and find somebody that can help you process those beliefs because it's absolutely not true and who you are is exactly who the people around you need you to be yeah and that's a fantastic tip Moving on to something a little bit more positive. You've just recently launched a podcast. Talk us through the journey. What's it called? Why did you want to start the podcast and where you're at at the moment? Oh my God. Thank you for bringing this up. The podcast is called Calm, Confident, and Deliriously Happy. 
And I'm so thrilled that this exists in the world. I know that people are seeking these things and it's, it's actually the name of the podcast just came to me in the middle of the night, like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And that was how I knew I would have a podcast was because the name of it just dropped into my awareness in the middle of the night. It was like 3 a.m. And um, coincidentally, this was not planned. It wasn't like structured or coordinated this way, but those three things are the exact like antidote or healed state of the three issues that I help people with in a most focused way, which is anxiety, down feelings or depression, and lacking or lagging self-confidence because of a misperception of our inherent worth and our inherent amazingness. And so calm, confident, and deliriously happy is also a, it's an ode to the fact that at some point in my journey, when I decided to make my own comfort and ability to believe in myself more important than every other thing going on in my life, everything started to shift. Mm-hmm. So it really is about honoring the intangible and looking at these problems differently because when people are offering quick fixes or you know three-step processes to heal trauma, it's not a wonder that we inherently don't believe that. It's because it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work that way. So what, I, what I'm doing through the podcast is exploring with people why it is that like every time somebody gives us an answer, it's unsatisfying and doesn't work around some of these core problems within and what to do about it so that you can actually shift your experience and have everything that you desire. It's, uh, it's fantastic to see fellow entrepreneurs wanting to, I guess, venture into the world of podcasting as well, because it's just another medium to share your story and your message to the world. And so I wish you massive success in the future. Thank you so much. What you just said really resonates as well. Appreciate it. When it comes to Mandy Barbie, uh, as a person and as a brand, where do you see yourself in the next 12 to 24 months? And what's the ultimate vision for yourself? Uh, uh, One of the things I want to do through my business is to, I've I've been cultivating some very, very focused uh, strategy and actions around contributing in a lifelong endeavor to legalize lucid drugs. So I think lucid drugs and plant medicines have the power to unlock human consciousness and heal some of these really, what most people on earth perceive as very negative emotional experiences, such as anxiety and clearly depression, which are harmful if sustained over long periods of time. I think that it's well documented that they have the power to shift those experiences very rapidly. And I want people to have access to every good thing possible because you never know what tool someone's going to pick up that's going to turn the needle for them. Me personally, I really feel like I am the person that can help others to take the pain that they are experiencing and actually create the life that they desire out of it instead of going like, oh, this, let's just bypass this and discard it. And um, the reality is the painful or challenging experiences have the seeds of our greatness. They're actually pointing the way already. So I am so proud of being able to guide people through a process that helps them integrate those experiences, which have so much value for them. It's funny that you mentioned that because more recently, I've just picked up a book called How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. And that concept of, I guess, microdosing and opening your mind to different worlds or perceptions 
is something that uh, I want to explore in, in the future, uh, purely because, you know, we always believe or think that we're in a closed environment and, you know, we have to think a certain way, we have to believe a certain way, but your mind is your mind. There's this internal thought process and, and I guess engine that's running. So yes. why not try to dig deeper internally to kind of see what that means for you rather than trying to be this external person and reading the news to be this person, succeeding achievement to be this person. But what does that mean for you internally? Yeah, I, I'm inspired by what you just said as well, because I think that, well, as psychedelics I see as part of the spectrum of accessing an altered state of consciousness. And this is so aligned with what I personally have chosen to do with my life because I help people access a non-ordinary state of consciousness just using their attention. So it's a meditative quality of mind, but you're doing something different with it. It's more active instead of creating stillness and quiet and listening, we're actively participating with our own subconscious information, feelings, and imagery. Psychedelics are just another way to step out of our critical thinking. They give us another point of view. And instead of waiting for other people to tell us how many ways can we access information on our own? So I think it's 100% an absolute good. And I'm stoked to hear that you're coming upon that book as well. It's fantastic. Manny, is there anything you'd like to speak about that I haven't mentioned? We had such a beautiful conversation. I really enjoyed sharing this time with you and meeting you and every single one of your listeners. I feel so blessed to have been in your ears for this amount of time. I hope we connect at some point in the future. My team has created a gift and it's a way of accessing altered state of consciousness using imagery. It's totally free. It'll require you to opt in on the list, but it's always you're free to like drop out of that. It's just a way to deliver it. It's at my website, palladiummind.com. Palladium is an element on the periodic table. Palladium, it's in the platinum group. P-A-L-L-A-D-I-U-M, mind.com forward slash stressless. So it'll be easy for you to find. Fantastic. I'll make sure to have um, those links down in the show notes below as well. Again, Mandy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It was a great conversation. Thanks for sharing your story as well. And I wish you massive success. You're amazing, Tommy. Thank you. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on tommy at tommybui.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.